you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start with this one saying that the intended audience for this episode is everybody. Today, we'll be speaking with a special guest, Dr. Mumursan, on what her role is in pharmacy technology and pharmacy informatics. So thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Moom. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, just for the listeners to kind of get a better understanding of yourself, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Sure. So I received my PharmD from um, Purdue University in 2010. And right after graduation, I was working as community pharmacist uh, in, with a retail company. And then eventually I moved to a hospital pharmacy. And there I kind of decided that I want to do more than clinical. I want to go back and look at, you know, how different protocols are generated, how we can think and make things efficient for our patients so that they can get the most benefit out of it. So therefore, I actually started a fellowship program with the University of Utah. And during that fellowship time of like three years, I received my PhD in biomedical informatics. And since then, I worked at, again, various hospital settings and also as informatics pharmacist. And finally, I'm working as assistant professor with Chapman University. Cool, cool. So you know, you have a really interesting background that I, I don't think I've spoken with anyone else that actually had a, a PhD in biomedical informatics. Can you kind of go over a little bit about like what that is? Like what's the definition of biomedical informatics and how does that kind of pertain to the, the pharmacy aspect? Sure. Um, biomedical informatics is actually uh, much bigger than just pharmacy informatics. It deals with all types of medical data in general uh, to make sure that patients are getting the most best outcome from their treatment um, and the therapy. So um, biomedical informatics has different domains as we were taught. So it, it has clinical informatics part, it has translational informatics and research informatics as well. And my research was more focused on translational and clinical um, research. So you can do various types of projects within, within informatics. You can do public health informatics. So those can vary significantly. But, you know, at the core of it, you're basically working with different technology, different types of data that comes from that technology and trying to make it more efficient. Oh, okay. So I guess for when you became an informatics pharmacist, was that like before or after you got your PhD in biomedical informatics? That was after I got my PhD in biomedical informatics. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy to find that first informatics job, even with a PhD, because theoretical informatics projects is very different than actual applications. So you basically have to be at the right place at the right time to be able to jump onto the, your first um, informatics project, and then you can expand to becoming a informatics pharmacist, I guess. Oh, okay. So um, I, I'm I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of the principles and I guess theories that you've learned in your PhD program that you were able to, you know, actually apply and see in practice when you became an informatics pharmacist? So let me just give you one example because um, I my research was also focused on genomics research and genomics data is very complex. I mean, we know healthcare data as is, is very complex, but when you add the genomics component to it, it becomes even more complex. And currently not very many electronic health record is capable of storing the actual genomics data, even after processing. So my project focused on 
based on what we have now, can we really use the data models to actually represent the genomics data? Um, specifically, I worked with RNA-seq data, which is, I mean, gene expression data, which is more more complex than the DNA data, DNA-level data. Um, but at the core, we wanted to see how we can present the data so that we can apply informatics analytics on it. Because if you don't keep the data discrete, that means you can't really apply any rule on the, on that data. So that was the core of the project. But when I actually worked as an informatics pharmacist, I mean, I realized how complex it is in practice as well. Like it's not just storing the data. It's a lot more than that, just the informatics part. You will have to work with all the different people, clinician, and also the culture of that healthcare system to be able to actually make something happen, change something. So I think I kind of learned both, like applied some of the knowledge that I learned as a PhD student, but also learned a lot more than <laughs> applying it. I learned how to coordinate with other people, how to discuss different things, and actually learned um, the language honestly. So that that was the most important things because as clinician, we speak a different language than um, the people who actually sets up the analytics. So with the training, I think I was it was a little bit easier for me to actually talk to both group of people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the important things about being an informatics pharmacist is being that liaison between the two sides, like the clinical side versus the, the technical and uh, data-driven side. On the discussion about the data and the data modeling, like, did you were you involved with like I guess the the data science of it and the testing of different models was that kind of part of your your project as well? Yes. So, like, what are the elements that are necessary to represent one instance of say RNA seq data? So you have to have obviously patient's information, observation date. Um, so there are different little data fields that you have to deal with. And what I did realistically was just defining those variables. And we do have some data standards already for some of them, but um, we didn't have anything specific for RNA-seq or DNA. So I kind of proposed what what could be some ways we could get around that. We can extend what are some of the data models that are existing and then add some different elements to make sure that it is working for that specific instance of RNA-seq data. Okay, that, that's really cool that you're able to uh, be part of that process. And, uh, you know, when you're working as an informatics pharmacist, I know the theoretical side and, you know, all like the concepts are, are there in your, in your biomedical informatics experience, but on the informatics pharmacist side, like what kind of like typical, I guess, day-to-day things were you doing? So for the informatics pharmacist project that I was working on, it was more like an implementation project. And the health system I was working with, they had 17 different hospitals across the United States. And we were upgrading our EHR system to Cerner. So, you know, we had to actually go to each of the sites and figure out what's the specific specialty for that hospital and then develop their order set and um, their day-to-day workflow with the EHRs, with the new EHR. And sometimes, you know, we had to actually revise the workflow to make it work for their system with the new EHR. Sometimes they don't have a system. So with the new EHR, we was able to create new workflow that, that works better than before. So these were a lot of the things that we did. So lots of meetings, setting up the global 
environments, as well as setting up um, some of the site-specific specification within the EHR. Oh, okay. And then, you know, for your experience working in the kind of medical center side as a pharmacist, how did that kind of contribute to your ability to be a successful informatics pharmacist? That actually helped me a lot. So one of the hospitals that I was working at, that was actually the flagship hospital of that hospital system. So that hospital was the biggest out of all the 17 hospitals, and they had very specific patient population. So working there as a pharmacist, I already knew what are the orders, what are the specific patient population we're serving at that hospital. And I already knew what didn't work, what could work better. And we tried to make it happen with the new EHR system. So I kind of had the idea like, you know, where we can improve something with the new EHR. And obviously, I had to go talk to the physician, nurses to make sure that everybody's wanting or, you know, their need was met with the new EHR system. And we also did testing and made sure that people are happy and they have everything they need within that um, setting, whether it's EHR or the workflow. And that helped me tremendously. And, you know, I already had that bonding with the clinician there. They trusted me. So they were really open up and really telling me what they really liked or didn't like upfront. So that helped me a lot for, for the implementation process. I really like that you mentioned about the relationship building, because I think that's something that we don't really like that's not the focus uh, when we're learning these uh, the material about you know maybe pharmacy or pharmacy informatics and things like that. But the it is very important because those relationships build and they, they build trust, right? So exactly, I think that's a really good uh, comment that you made about how that was very helpful for your informatics uh, role and also about you know just being in the workflow and knowing and understanding all of that. Um, and then I, I guess for today, like now you are an assistant professor. Can you kind of go over a little bit about like, I guess what your focus is as an assistant professor and what do you teach and what do you kind of like uh, try to instill in your students? Sure. So as an assistant professor, I teach the pharmacogenomics and personalized medicine class here and also the informatics course. And in that informatics course, we introduce the EHR system to the students and it's their first exposure to an electronic health record. So um, they get to play with the what we call a learning EHR. So it's not a real EHR, but it's education purposes for our students. Um, so they get to play with, you know, what to expect within an EHR, how to find different information, and really work with the patient case in a non-critical environment with, you know, uh, fictitious patient data. We also teach them how to think about um, informatics. Sometimes, you know, when they're getting into the program, they don't know what to look for. Obviously, you need a lot more experience, not about just, you know, clinical experience, but also how the hospital system or healthcare system works to be able to really become a good informatics pharmacist. But at this point, when I'm teaching, say, P2 students, um, I'm focusing on just piquing their interest in that in that career path so that they can hopefully expand more after graduation. So I'm I'm curious about this is um when you do teach that course or you know have the informatics education for your students, how many, maybe percentage wise, like how many of them do show like there's they have a additional interest in it? I would say every classes that I taught, there there are about like five or six students. So that's like I want to say about five eight percent eight percent of our students are really motivated in informatics. They will come to me learning about more, you know, 
what they can do to become a better uh, informatics pharmacist. So I think about five to eight percent of our students are very interested in informatics. Oh, okay, okay, that's really good to hear. I think there's uh, there's a big interest in that field just in general uh, right now, and. I do commend that, you know, you are part of a school that is able to put that in the curriculum so that they can learn. I, I do find that it's still challenging for, for informatics curriculum to be available to students in many schools. So that's really cool that that's uh, available for them. And, um, uh, do you have like, is, is it still being restructured right now? Or do you have a good idea of like how the informatics program, not program, but the informatics courses are for the students? Yes, we're changing a lot of things um, this year as well. Uh, we are changing our learning EHR, going to a new system, because with the previous system, we we couldn't really demonstrate a lot of the things that we do actually with informatics, like CDS, active, passive, things like that with the previous EHR. But we're using it, we'll be using a different EHR this year with which we would be able to explain what it, what are the different examples in that learning environment. So the students will get to play with that. So that's a major change. And we're still in the process of getting trained on that new EHR. Um, and obviously, the uh, lectures will be a little bit different. And how we're structuring the activities will be a little bit different this year as well. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. And then I know that you're, you know, you have a strong passion for pharmacogenomics. And, you know, for, for that side of things, are there any kind of interesting things that you may be, I don't know, maybe working on now that is going to incorporate with how we have clinical decision support and um, additional informatics uh, tools? Uh, yes, we're working on a new project for um, informatics education, and it's focused on pharmacogenomics. We are creating a new module in AR, augmented reality. It's called PGX Nell. And essentially, in that environment, in the AR environment, you get to interact with the DNA. You can see how a specific mutation or change in the DNA can affect the drug metabolism, and therefore, it, hopefully, it will be helpful for people who are in in learning more about pharmacogenomics. So instead of just having some slides or maybe some videos, people can actually interact with the information within the AR environment to learn more about pharmacogenomics. And we actually presented it in the AMIA um, poster session last year, American Medical Informatics Association Symposium, So and it was well received. So um, we still have to do a lot more work because it is a lot of work to build something within the AR environment, but um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm very excited about that. The other project we're working on, it's, it's for pharmacogenomic counseling. And the informatics part in that is how do we decide who's going to be tested for pharmacogenomics? Because it is still a little bit expensive and we can't afford to screen every, test everyone with pharmacogenomics tests. So we kind of have to figure out a good way to figure out who should be the patient be tested and get the benefit from pharmacogenomics testing. So I'm working also on the data analytics part of that. Wow. The, yeah, those two those two projects sound really cool. I, I had a question about the AR. So for the AR, right, like what was the, the reason for doing it in AR uh, versus VR? I think VR, you, you kind of have to work within that. It's not very realistic. I would say when you have your objects in the AR or actual reality environment, um, I think it's more, much more interesting. And since we have to build it any, why don't build it in AR? So that's how we kind of thought about it. Okay. But, you know, 
VR may still work, but yeah, we preferred AR. Okay, so so the AR, like when you're doing this through the AR, is it overlaying like existing things where you're having more info on existing items that you see in the reality? Is that is that why? Exactly. So you can project, that, say, the DNA, the cell, and then go into the DNA within your own room. So you're sitting there with the glass on and you can see the DNA just, you know, rotating in front of you. And then you can touch it, you can op- expand it, and you can look at the specific mutation and interact with that. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's that's really cool. So, and then you said that this is still going to be, uh, you, you have additional work to do on it? Yes. Building each of the screen, each of the steps, it, it takes a significant amount of coding and coordination um, and testing. So, so far we have built like six or seven steps, but uh, we plan to make 12 steps. Oh, okay. So uh, I guess going back to, you know, on the educational side of informatics and maybe just like experience and things like that, like you have a lot of students and I'm sure you have advice for them. And I'm wondering if you can share that advice to everyone else if like they came up to you and they ask you, like, what can I do to get myself better prepared to be an informatics pharmacist? Sure, I do get that question a lot. And my I usually tell them that Get excited first. We have a lot of things to do in informatics. And it's kind of like when we transitioned from, say, paper map to GPS. Um, it was a big transition. And that's how we are now with the electronic health records. But we could do so much more. For example, even for the GPS, just getting the routes was not good enough, right? We needed additional analytics on it. Now we can see the traffic data, accident, um, and things like that. Similarly with EHR, we want to be able to see, do more. It's not just having all the information electronically available there, but maybe eventually we can learn from the data that we have within the system. So kind of like learning health systems. So not only we're going to be using the evidence-based knowledge within the EHR, but also we can learn from our own system, apply that to our system as well. So I think there are a lot of things that we need to do and we need more people, more smart people in the informatics area. But a lot of the times students get hung up on, okay, I don't have a residency. I don't know how to code. But those are not the most important thing to become a pharmacist, informatics pharmacist. First, obviously, you have to be a good pharmacist and you have to have experience with the hospital system or how a pharmacy operation works in general. And obviously, you have to have the interest to be working in an informatics project. And honestly, the bottom line is you just have to be at the right place at the right time and show interest and keep working towards your goal of becoming informatics pharmacist. Okay. And then do you uh, have any different advice for maybe if it's a pharmacist currently working now that they want to try to kind of uh, change their career path to get into like the technology and informatics side? Sure. Uh, I would say start with a project that is informatics related. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's a new implementation of new type of smart pump in the hospital. So if you get involved in that type of smaller project, you get exposed to, uh, you know, what gets gets into that type of transition and learn more and expand from there. Um, it's always hard to get the first experience. And once you have that experience, you can always expand. So depending on what where you're working at, if there is any change in the processes with the technology, I would say get involved with that to expose yourself to that transition process as well as put yourself out there for learning more about informatics. Awesome. That was really good advice. And, you know, if anyone had any, like, more uh, direct questions to you, uh, what's the best way that they would be able to reach you at? Anybody can email me my email address 
my last name, Roussan, R-O-O-S-A-N at chapman.edu. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll be putting your contact info in the show notes for anyone who's interested in reaching out. But to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure to be there. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy. CIT and me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal. Oh,